Welcome to Leadership Mondays. Uh, it's another Monday and another leadership conversation. As you know, our intention is to uh, humanize leadership. And today, I have one of the most human leaders that I have met. <laughs> I can almost get, I can almost guess all the times, Lindola, whenever you talk, uh, the word Africa is going to get, it's, it's going to come out of your mouth. And the word youth is going to come out of your mouth <laughs> so far since I have known you. So we have uh, uh, Sis Chabahu uh, on the line. But uh, as you know, I, already, I always have that nice cheeky question that I'm always asking. Mm. Let's go right into it. You are a listener of the show, so you know, you know what I'm going to ask. What gives you the right to be talking about leadership on this show? Thank you, Mungezi. Uh, and uh, good morning to your listeners. You sound like a prophet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I spend sleepless nights thinking about leadership and thinking about Africa and thinking about the youth. Yes. So, (laughs) you know, I I was like, whoa, maybe we don't even need the show. You know? But, um, you know, uh, what gives me the right to talk about leadership is because I've lived through three eras. Mm. I lived through the pre-independence era, if you may call it that, for South Africa. Mm. And I saw the quality of leadership that we had way back then. Mm. Um, I'm sure you know some of them, Mandela, Mm. all of them. Mm. Throughout Africa, not necessarily just in South Africa. And then I lived in the independence era and I, the early 90s. And then I lived in the recent uh, post-independence era. Mm. And um, so what comes to my mind, and I think as I'm becoming an elder Mongezi, mm. I think more about the future and eldership. And what is my role? And maybe that's what gives me the right to, st- to sit here in front of you. Mm-hmm. What legacy are we going to leave for future generations? Mm-hmm. And, and, and fortunately, we've got a wonderful master plan. And I look at it almost daily, mm-hmm. Agenda 2063. Mm-hmm. And I say to myself, you know, if we can take this agenda mm-hmm. and execute Mm. but having led teams i know execute before you execute there are things that you need to do Mm. you need to prepare you need to do change management Mm. you need to have i hear you're getting into content no i want to know first of all your journey to leadership are getting into here for our listeners who is linda and why should we be listening to you (laughs) okay all right so linda and i've now covered a bit of that. Yeah. Linda Loa is a is an executive coach currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked in different sectors in the private sector and the public sector. Yes. But I spent more than 15 years as a senior executive uh, in various state-owned entities yes. uh, in South Africa. 
So leadership of organizations, uh, I've spent a lot of time on that. Mm. Uh, and I led teams more recently uh, in very turbulent times. Mm. Uh, you normally refer to it as VUCA on steroids. So yes. I've experienced that. Yes. So, and that's me. Uh, and I think I still have a role, even though I have stepped out of, co- of the corporate world. I have now gotten into executive coaching because I think there is something to contribute in that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the development, in leadership development, developing young leaders, developing executives, mm-hmm. developing teams as well. I'm glad actually, Mongezi, because uh, there is a move toward, towards more team and inclusive leadership. Mm. away from your heroic one-man show leaders. Mm. So that's in a nutshell who I am. Great. You're on Leadership Mondays, as you can hear. We have an, a, a lot of conversation. I couldn't actually get Cicelinde to even introduce herself. She just wanted to just jump into it. So you know <laughs> what we're going to talk about. But quickly, let's take a quick break. Let's have a, a glass of water or whatever. Yeah, that kind of gets you comfortable to talk about leadership and probably a pen and paper. And we'll be back okay. after this. How do you know the life of personal coach you are about to work with is who they say they are? How do you know if they can do the job? At the Africa Board for Coaching, Consulting and Coaching Psychology, we can tell you. So, before you share your secrets and spend your money, check with us first. Visit www.abccp.com or call us on 012-751-7608. The ABCCP, the professional body for coaches. Stay woke with Voga Online Radio. Yeah, welcome back to Leadership Mondays, and uh, we are chilling to leadership. I like that now. It, it sounded very weird when I did it the first time. Uh, Cheers. Chills to leadership. But we are, we are chilling. <laughs> <laughs> So let's take you then, Sister, to uh, the, the, the next part of the conversation. So with all the stories and the history of your leadership, and I liked how you split it also into the different uh, eras of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, what would be two or three lessons that you learned? And maybe one or two examples of how you got to learn those examples. Those, Uh, leadership lessons? So one of the most powerful lessons that I learned, Mongezi, Mm. is the fact that we watch what leaders do Mm. and not so much what they say. Mm. Or maybe put it put put differently, we follow what they do Mm. and not so much what they say. And some of the most powerful lessons, I almost feel like saying I stole from leaders just from watching them because I just watched. I had, I was lucky because I had some of the most great leaders yeah. uh, and I just watched how they walked the talk. Yes. So that's one of, of the first lessons uh, that I learned. Yes. Uh, the second lesson that I learned was... Focus, if I may call it that. 
uh, and always reminding yourself what you and your team are about. Yes. Because it, it, it's, there are too many noises out there mm. and it's easy to drift away from what you are about. Yes, yes, yes. And besides the noises, there are so many things that can hijack your agenda mm. and take you and you find yourself as a leader and a team somewhere else. Mm. So focus for me is very, very important. Yes. Yes. But the other one for me is uh, integrity, mm. um, which is linked to good governance. Mm. I think many African countries including ourselves as South Africa, mm. find ourselves in different situations because of lapses in governance. Yes. And it's quite interesting because uh, maybe let's talk about each of those a little bit. Um, mm. Let's start with integrity. How would you rate uh, the level of leaders today in terms of Integrity, for example, how much do you see it uh, in the circles you interact with, uh, in your own experience, uh, but also maybe uh, with um, the people that you work with now as a coach? So I see a lot of uh, integrity because I'm not going to be negative and say, Everybody doesn't have integrity. Yeah. But what really pains me, uh, Mongezi, organizations have created an environment where people who have integrity find it difficult to stay. Mm. Yeah. And then you find people with integrity outside uh, these organizations. Mm. Uh, yes, maybe they still influence from outside decision-making, but you'd rather see them within the organizations. And I see if you are even at board level or uh, executive level, mm-hmm. it's difficult for organizations to attract in the first place and keep people who have integrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of the things we need to work on is how do we bring people back who have integrity into organizations. Yes. Mm. Very interesting. So the other two uh, elements that you spoke about, I'm curious then about um, what were some of your impactful experiences that led to to those uh, to those lessons? So walking the talk mm. uh, without naming the leaders that I worked on with. Yes. You know, I worked with leaders who could actually translate the mandate of the organization and make it as simple as possible. Maybe let me say this. At some point in my le- life, I worked for the Auditor General. Yes. And I would wa- watch with awe the then Auditor General, talking auditing in Isi Zulu. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. You yes. know? 
and I would sit there and I'm like, hmm? and even when, and I'm, I, I think that culture is still there at the Auditor General, even when they wrote their reports, they would say, no, 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 leave the technical language, simplify the language mm. so that the ordinary person out there can understand what we are talking about. Mm. And it was not just the Auditor General, other organizations that, that I, I work with. They made, they, they understood what service was about, service, mm. um, a, a leader as a servant, servant leadership, if I may yes. put it. They understood that. They understood the stakeholders that you are serving, mm. uh, their level of understanding. How do you get to communicate with them effectively? And 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 I'm I'm wondering. I remember a story of of Jack Wells, um, many years ago, and I think I've told the story way too many times, yeah. uh, where somebody asked Jack Wells, um, "Well, Jack, well, Mr. Wells, here is a problem that I have. My organization was succeeding, and then all of a sudden it um, felt it's falling down. We are in toxic moments and all of those things." And long story short, because uh, I have a much longer version, <laughs> Jack Wells uh, said to the uh, gentleman, when was the last time you spoke about your vision? Yes. And I, I'm, I'm hearing when you talk then about uh, 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 the late uh, uh, Kimi, and I, I'm wondering, what, what is it about that vision in, in Sizulu that made it so special for you? You know, Mungesi, as um, when you go through your academic um, education, mm. there are situations that you are never prepared for. Mm. Mm. Uh, and and I think that's one area of uh, improvement in the South African education system. Mm. Uh, you somehow we make education very elitist. Mm. And therefore, when I talk technical language, it's none of my business whether uh, my audience understands or not. Mm. Mm. And so it takes an extraordinary leader to say, okay, there is this technical jargon how do I translate it so that, and I'm not talking about just citizens, ne? so that counselors, because not all counselors are knowledgeable, yeah. not all counselors in municipalities or even provincial leadership and national leadership will understand the technical uh, terminology. So how do I empower them to play their oversight role effectively. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so if, you just, just, yeah. if you just yeah. give them a report and say, we've delivered the report, see to finish, mm. they will not be able to play their oversight role. Yes. And it doesn't end there. They will not be able to serve South Africans, ordinary South Africans. Yes. Mm. One thing I'm passionate about is radio, of course. And <laughs> one one day, um, 
and it's interesting because you talk about government. Um, so I think the story is almost like the intersection uh, of those three areas. Um, yes. So I was going to coach a leader uh, at uh, one of the government departments. Uh, mm. So I'm sitting there in, in Silverton, so you don't know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was still at that time there. So mm. I've been listening to the radio station at this time. And throughout the day, I'm hearing this beautiful connectedness between each show mm. uh, such that it felt like every show had its own character mm. in its own way of being, mm. shaped in a sense by the, the announcer or the person that's holding it. It felt like it's honest and authentic to that person. But at the same time, it felt like there was a very um, solid line uh, of connectedness through each show. So there was a solid brand uh, that spoke to the brand or the vision of the statement that was very tangible. So I was going like, wow, this is amazing. Um, How does he get to do this? Because it's so hard to I mean, I've worked with thousands of organizations and one of the toughest things is this whole visioning thing and making people uh, live the vision in their authentic mm-hmm. way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a very nice nuanced thing. So I made a, 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 a connection to have a, to have a meeting with, uh, with this gentleman. I didn't even know uh, whether I, he would say yes. I mean, who the hell am I? When, why, why would he want to talk to me? So we spoke. Uh, long story short, we sat in, a, uh, in one of the hotels and we had a conversation. And one of the things he said to me, which kind of connects back to your leadership conversation, is he described leadership in a picture. He said, you know, Mongezi, uh, I see the station as this big tanker and I I'm wanting to turn the tanker in that direction. And every time I tell that story, I move my hands in a description of a tanker like I'm seeing it. He wasn't doing that. Because he's a big guy, he actually was sitting with his hands on his stomach, uh, just speaking very slowly and very deliberately. But he created that visual picture in the, at the back of my mind that continuously gets me to see this tanker turning. And I think that story is kind of like a support of what you're saying about the power of uh, clarity of vision mm. such that people are able to get, to get it for themselves and translate it uh, for themselves and be able to measure whether their actions are helping turn the tanker uh, around uh, or they're keeping the tanker moving in the direction. That it is. I find it such a powerful metaphor all the time. Anyway, I talk too much. You're on uh, Vuga Online Radio and uh, Leadership Mondays. We have uh, Sislinda Lachababu. We need to take some music. And uh, when we come back, we talk a little bit about what are some of the challenges Sislinda thinks uh, leaders are facing uh, within um, as leaders. What are some of the leadership challenges today, 21st century? And then start wrapping it up with uh, what are some of the pieces of advice uh, she could share and then maybe talk a little bit about her own issue about youth and <laughs> and the continent. So feel free, Sis Lindy. This is this is your show. So talk about 
what is passionate for you. We'll be back after this. Hi, this is Dr. Angosima Futa. Catch me with Zakele Banyoni on the Health and Wellness Talk Show every Wednesday, just after 10. You're on Leadership Mondays, and uh, welcome back. How are you doing? Uh, follow us at uh, Vuga Online Radio, and uh, as well as Mungazi Sima Karima. Uh, if you want to see a thousand of things that I do and post, I don't only do radio. Radio is only one platform uh, in which I do some of the things that I do. So I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, but we have uh, Sislinja Lojavavu just talking earlier, talking a lot about vision, talking about integrity and how we make it very difficult for people with integrity to get into uh, organizations. Because I think that also touched me because in a sense, we are perpetuating a system that's full of corruption, Sislinja. And we talk mm. a lot about corruption uh, but if there's no integrity, clearly it makes sense that they, there will be a lot of corruption like we are seeing now. But let's talk a little bit about uh, what are some of the challenges? I mean, you've worked with leaders. You've been on the leadership path. Uh, you hang out with these guys. What are the two or three challenges that leaders are facing today, in your opinion? So one of the challenges that I've seen, and I see it when I coach leaders, they operate in an environment of constant change. Mm. It's VUCA is here. It's no longer like in the future. So VUCA is here. And they operate... That's not not VUCA online radio, right? We're talking about... (laughs) (laughs) The other VUCA with the same. Yes. Yes. So the other thing that I pick up is that is is a lack of resources. And what does that do? You you stretch your people and your teams too much and they end up not having time. You know, in coaching sessions, I spend a lot of time saying um, to leaders, so have you reflected on this? Mm. What are your reflections on this? Have you thought about this? And they talk, they tell me, they, and they are honest about it. We don't have time to think. Yes, imagine. <laughs> we are just doing, 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 doing. Yes. We don't have time to think. We don't have time to reflect. We don't have, to, and reflection is very important because that's when you learn lessons and you then uh, decide whether you must do things differently. Yes. You also are able to innovate. But if you don't have that time and that space and you are always running, 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 running Mm. until you burn out, Mm. actually the quality of the product that we get is not good enough. So Mm. that's the first challenge. So it's essentially, if if I can follow up quickly on that before you move on to a second one. So Mm. if if, if actually most of the time we are doing, uh, somebody used this word, the most, the most viable, the, the least viable product that we can get out. Yes. Whether it's in terms of showing up, mm. whether it's in terms of probably translating to the services that we offer, hence probably struggling with service delivery and all of those kind of things. Because as my as I'm concerned, customer, uh, customer service is already completely out of the window today. And it's because mm. people don't have time, like you said. Everybody's mm. rushing, rushing, rushing. When would you have time to get to know me, listen mm. to me, mm. and do what I am asking, not what you are rushing to do? So that's, mm. I think that's what I'm hearing. Mm. That's what I'm hearing there. Exactly. 
And then in addition to that, your teams are struggling with a whole lot more. Mm. They have lost loved ones. Mm. They themselves have been affected or affected by COVID. So when do you find the time to pause mm. and not just stop pushing them? Mm. Uh, and I can understand because leaders also are under pressure, but they even forget that these are people you need to pause and and just check, do a check-in on a regular basis. So how are you? Because some of them are mourning. They've lost parents. They've lost siblings. They've, in some cases, they've lost two or three members of a family yeah. within, within months. Mm. But we don't have time for that because uh, we've got less resources. We are under pressure as leaders. And I think that's something we need to... I, we need to really pay attention to that. Mm. Leaders need to pay attention to yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I like that because that also makes me reflect uh, myself as, as you're talking about. Sure. Yeah, how hard am I on my team? Yeah, because we have standards, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to achieve stuff, and then you go like, move, 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 yes. move, move, yes. move. But yes. when do we get the time? The, the, the time to actually get to stop. Let's move on to the second one. What what, what else? What what are some of the other challenges? So the second one links to the first one. It's corporate governance. Mm-hmm. Um, you ideally you want your oversight structures to be staffed by people who know what they are talking about, mm-hmm. experts in their own right. Mm-hmm. Now, if they are going to walk into an environment where monkeys is just pushing people, pushing people, and the quality of the service or the product is not good enough, mm-hmm. and the people and Mongezi has driven away all the good people that could have supported him Mm. and only the people that um, are just there to earn a salary Mm. remain in organizations. Mm. So what you find is that people ask themselves very hard questions before they join oversight structures. Mm. Do you want, do I want my name to be associated with the Monges's organization? Do I have the assurance that what Mongezi is doing, firstly, does Mongezi know what he is doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, can I trust Mongezi? You know, so that's leadership at an oversight level. Yeah. And then that ends up with oversight structures stooping into an operational level, mm-hmm. playing in the space of management because they just don't trust what they are getting from management. Yes, yes, yes. And rightfully so, yes, sometimes. Yes. Uh, but it's not supposed to be like that. Yes. Mm. It's yeah. not supposed to be like so that. So there's something there about credibility uh, in many ways, because when yes. you talk about that, the trust, uh, yes. the, the integrity, uh, yes. as well as... Um, I'm I'm hearing also connection there that says yes. um, can I even trust this guy? Yes. Who is he? Yes. Yes. And then the, the, the third one, because of VUCA, a mm. uh, long-term planning, it's something that maybe we should just throw it out the window. I mean, really, how, how are we now going to do it? I mean, we are used to five-year plans and, 
Three-year plans. Isn't, you know? Yes. But you have to change those plans uh, with COVID. Some of those targets were just not doable. Mm. Uh, so you end up changing them. And it's not just COVID. There are other uh, issues out there that force you to constantly look at your plan mm. continuously. Mm. Uh, look at your plan. Is it still relevant? Mm. Um, the, con- the, the, the environment out there has changed. Mm. My stakeholder needs have changed. So this plan that I have here, does it talk, still talk to what I am supposed to deliver as a leader? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think this brings it right full circle to mm. the conversation about vision because then yeah. uh, your vision anchors you. Yes. in all of that. I mean, one yeah. of the things I actually came about, we need to take a break, uh, but one of the things I, I, I came up, I came across when you talk about VUCA is essentially a very neat way of turning VUCA around. Mm. Um, and now when you talked about um, the lack of, lo- the, the people should no longer be worried so much about long-term planning, I would be worried then I'm going to, yeah, but then how, are you suggesting that I react to the moment uh, and what it demands. I mean, we recently had riots uh, across the country and war happening in other parts of the country. There's also really great things. The Americans getting their trillion dollar. I mean, it's fascinating watching how uh, Joe Biden and then the participate, non-partisan government are voting for this $1 trillion budget to to, to make sure that uh, America is repaved and new roads and rebuilding. So it's fascinating just to watch what's happening with leadership across the world. Mm. But if I'm not having to now make a $1 trillion decision, <laughs> what do you mean I shouldn't have a plan? You can have your plan, but maybe the question that you should ask is, these changes that I see around me, mm. how do they impact on my plans? Mm. Mm. For instance, if you had plans based on the current type of cars we have, and there's a change, you are going to go into electric cars, mm. uh, driverless cars. So how does that impact on the plan that I have? Mm. 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 Uh, if we digitize, and the plan that we have did not take that into account. Mm. How does digitization impact on the plan that I have? Mm. So you, you'll have a plan, but you need to keep on reviewing it mm. as you experience these changes. Yes, and be willing to change the plan. Yes, yes. And even if it means yes. you discard the plan completely. Because yes. I think that's kind of what I'm hearing. That's a, that's a question behind my question. Yes. So yes. If, if, if now it seems everything is talking against this $1 trillion and we have already budgeted this $1 trillion, yes. does it mean now we stop this thing and then we start again? Yes. You know? and, and yes. It sounds very traumatic. <laughs> it is traumatic. It is traumatic. Yeah. It is traumatic. And it requires change management because remember, some of these plans you've had your whole organization working on them. And now suddenly you say to the, and they spend years, five, six years preparing for some of these great ideas that we have. And suddenly we say, 
actually, no, we need to change direction. Yes, you're on Volonland Radio and Leadership Mondays, and we are talking to Susanne Lechabapu, and we're talking about leadership and what are some of the challenges that leaders are facing. We'll come back uh, after the break to wrap up, um, but uh, for now, let's go do this. Highway Harley-Davidson. There are no words. Stay woke with Fuga Online. Cool. Leadership is tough, Banza. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I have these conversations with you people, I go like, but why do people even uh, choose to do it? Why can't I just be a junior somewhere? be told what to do uh, by this mad person. <laughs> uh, but at least I can actually say, uh, you know what? It's not my problem. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that statement? Uh, remember now, Mongezi, leadership doesn't sit with one man anymore. Mm. No one man can lead an organization anymore. Mm. So you might be sitting in a team and you might not be the leader, but as part of a team, you have a very critical role to play. Yes, yes, yes. So, and this leads now to one of your favorite subjects. You spoke a little earlier about how you are excited about how we are already thinking a lot about uh, teams instead of just thinking about uh, the hero. Uh, yes. Within the organization. So talk, talk, talk to us a little bit about why is that exciting for you? It's exciting because it brings in the whole idea around inclusivity. Mm. If you choose your teams properly, you will have the youth, you will have different, you'll have a diverse team basically. Mm. Mm. And with those diverse teams and diverse ideas and innovation coming out of those teams, Mm. You will have a product, surely, that will talk to your needs of your stakeholders out there. Mm. Remember, your stakeholders are also diverse. Yes. yes. And hopefully, we'll also bring on board ideas of young people, because mm. your team, um, hopefully, your, your team will have young people as well. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. and what is important is to allow all voices to be heard. Yes. In your teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's it's interesting. I mean, when you talk about that, I remember many years ago, um, just before Steve Jobs died, I I wrote an article. Uh, uh, well, oh, so everybody was at that time talking about. So in the news, it was about Steve Jobs, how he's made Apple so successful, mm-hmm. and he's now retiring as chairman. Uh, of uh, Apple and so I kind of like, everybody was just so excited and it was like essentially in every news forum and I, uh, okay I, I don't understand this uh, hero worship uh, thing mm-hmm. that's happening with um, Steve Jobs so because <laughs> so, I tend to be I can't well I, at that time I used to be worse this time I'm more more empathetic with leaders and I understand a lot more 
some of the challenges that, that they are facing. Because I suppose I'm not on the outside looking in anymore. I'm also there in the, in the field and <laughs> getting burned. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is hard. Cause, yeah, because I also used to criticize quite a lot leaders across the continent. Like, Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? Well, but hey, having worked with a number of them and sitting in some of the chairs that they sit in, I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, watch our president, and he he he, he, he becomes mpunga there. <laughs> <laughs> I could criticize you, my man, but hey, I know what it takes to actually get yeah. to where you put on some, uh, you put on a, a lotion in the morning, but yes. you look like you have pawns on your skin, on your skin, <laughs> because yay! <laughs> so, so, but with that arrogance, a couple of years ago, I then made a wrote an article about celebrity leadership and I was, uh, uh, stating that uh, Steve Jobs situation I said Steve Jobs didn't make Apple what it is the people of Apple made uh, Apple what it is so what was fascinating uh, uh, somebody uh, who was following me and I didn't have too many followers I probably had like 10 followers on Twitter or something like that uh, who am I right <laughs> So somebody who was following me for, uh, um, retweeted the article and tagged Steve Jobs uh, on, on the thing. And Steve Jobs re- uh, retweeted the article and said, I agree. Yes. <laughs> it's not about me. Yes. And it was fascinating because, um, one, of course, the nice thing was I started having people follow me. Like, who's this guy that Steve Jobs is retreating and agreeing with but most importantly it was an awareness back to what you're talking about that Mm. actually most of the time what the people that we keep praising and saying Mm. they are the the leaders that make it we're realizing uh, many times we know Mm. that it's not them Mm. that makes things happen but it doesn't mean their function Mm. as leaders is irrelevant it means Mm as Steve Jobs, as mm. Nidero, as Mongezi, we're mm. playing a particular role in the team. Mm. But every single person in the team has their function mm. to make sure that that work mm. uh, happens. I think that's what I'm hearing you when you talk about now collective contributions. Yes. Yeah. And it requires humility, Mongezi, because mm. there will be times when you will say, I don't have the answer. And it's okay. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and in the olden days, leaders were expected to have all the answers. Yes. ICT issues, every area of the business, you must have all the answers. Yes. But yes. you know what I like about the era that we are in? You will not, the, the, the world has become so complex and yes. it changes so fast. You will not have all the answers. Yes, yes. And yes. it's okay. So yes. you must have the humility to say, you know what? I don't have yeah. all the answers. Yeah. So Tim, what can we co-create together? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's very liberating. I'm noticing we're running out of time and we haven't spoken about your other uh, favorite topic, uh, youth. Yes. <laughs> so what, do you want, what did you want to say to youth before I interrupted you with my questions? What was, 
what was the conversation you want to message? I think it's it's not I'm not just talking to youth, I'm talking to all of us, all generations. Uh, if we and we know this, sixty mm. percent or more of Africa is young. Mm. Mm. And when we get things right at some point, this country will this continent mm. will be run by young leaders. Mm. Wouldn't it be nice, Mongezi, to take them along and say, young people, this is the journey towards 2063. Mm. And it's a beautiful, beautiful master plan, I think. And sadly, most young people have not even seen this plan that we are talking about. So wouldn't it be nice to take them on this journey and say, actually, Lindelo will not be there in 2063. But let's do this. What do we need to do in terms of education? What skills do we need? Um, What what, uh, businesses will we need uh, in in 2063? Mm. If we go into agriculture, what do do we need to do? Mechanize agriculture, go into agro-processing. What else do we need? Because you young people are the ones that will lead the continent in 2063. Mm. And when I talk to young people, Monges, and I know you also deal with young people, mm. there's, most of them, they don't seem to have a clear purpose. Mm. The ones, at least the ones that I talk to. Yeah. Uh, we were lucky as a generation because we had a very clear purpose. Yes. We had role models. But, but isn't that scary then? I mean, It is very scary. Because we're saying, uh, you're saying that uh, we need to appoint these young people onto posts and positions and all of that because the continent is going to be led by them. Or uh, prepare them, Mongis. Yeah, okay. Mm. Mm. okay. Or prepare them. So yeah. how do we prepare them? Yes. Uh, how does our education system, is, is there, because sometimes I pick up a mismatch between our education system and what we are trying to build as Africa. Yes, 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 yeah. Hey, yeah, no, I consume uh, because there's not just too many answers. I mean, when I'm thinking uh, questions, when I'm thinking about that preparation, yes, um, it raises a very interesting, complex uh, conversation as well. That says, okay, um, but the complexity of preparing someone who doesn't even know uh, that they need the preparation. <laughs> And they yeah. don't take it up. I was speaking to someone just now during the weekend yeah. um, about how, because he was saying, oh, no, but we need to create more platforms for, to talk to people and get people to understand. I said, but here's a paradox. The paradox mm. is people will only hear what they're ready to hear. Mm. So in a sense, I'm kind of, not necessarily negativizing, I don't know, that's not a word, <laughs> negativizing what you're saying, but I'm, I'm saying there's su- such complexity in terms of what you're saying. That mm. Let's prepare the youth, but are they ready? Don't they want to be dancing in the clubs? Don't, aren't they interested more in you taking care of them, uh, you taking them by the hand rather than being prepared for this 2063 future that they don't care about. So how do we do that? And I think that's probably a conversation we need to have after the break. Uh, But this is our last break and then we're wrapping up
with Sis Lindola on Leadership Mondays. Hello everyone, uh, my name is Makawa Katide and welcome to all the VUCA online radio listeners. Now join me every Sunday for a brand new show called PK Unshackled. You might be asking yourself, what is a PK? Well, PK is a pastor's kid, simple as that. Now this pastor's kid is pissed off about a lot of issues. So join me every Sunday at 10 o'clock as I discuss a plethora of issues with well-known uh, artists, uh, philanthropists, uh, authors, as we unpack the truth, for we are all about the truth. So every Sunday, PK and Shackled on VUCA Online Radio. Pow, pow, pow. See you then. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. It's VUCA Online, your inspiration radio station. station. Welcome back uh, to Leadership Mondays, and uh, we're having a very deep conversation. It's it's measured, uh, <laughs> but very deep. So let's start wrapping up, Cecilia. Um, just before we took a break, uh, I kind of posed a very interesting challenge here to say, okay, so you are very passionate about preparing the youth, but how? What would be one or two things that we could do to prepare? So if you talk to the youth about this master plan, uh, Agenda 2063, it's a beautiful plan, well-crafted. Mm. I think the youth will understand what is sitting in there and mm. what is in it for them. Mm. Because when you say, and, and I agree with you, they play, spend time in clubs and all sorts of things. And one scary thing they one young person told me was that, no, today we are just chasing money, 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 mm. money all the time. We don't care about anything else. Mm. But, and you know, you find that there are young people from even other countries who come here and work as gardeners and, and work. But is that what they want to do? If they could know that there is something better Mm. that we are we can build together mm. a better africa wouldn't they buy into that yes 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 yeah, that's interesting and it's something worth exploring right and, yes and if we can capture those who are interested yes let's do it yeah and get it on what else what is what would be one or two th- pieces of advice as we close that you would give now to leaders sitting and saying okay I heard what you're saying. I heard what the challenges are. I heard some of the lessons. Now, what do I do when I get out of here? What would you? What would be the one or two things that you would say? I think people must start. Um, I think I, I want to go back to this idea around the youth. Let's embrace the youth, and uh, I know that we worry as we get older. And the youth complains a lot about that, that we don't want to get off these positions. Mm. Uh, But we have a different role uh, to play as elders. Uh, So let's play that role, the eldership role, play in that space. Because in that space, then we are building a better future Mm. for our countries and for the continent as well. Yeah, yeah. 
those are the words of Sis Linda Lachabaku right there. Uh, I know that I knew that this conversation wouldn't end without her talking about <laughs> the youth, and I do believe it. It's our, our, it's a very important resource that as a continent we need to uh, take care of and not uh, and not give up. And I think you know my passion. Whenever people bring it up, I said it's not about handing over to youth. It's about finding a way to work together. Yes. With young people, a yes. real deep partnership. Yes. Towards building the kind of continent we want to be. Yes. We want to be a part of because it doesn't mean, I saw research recently that actually showed that if we do things right, we could actually live to be 150 years old. So, <laughs> so again, the paradox of thinking that ah, we will be dead. Uh, in ten in, in ten years time when we won't see twenty sixty three, uh, actually chances are we will be living quite a long time. So, what kind of continent do we want to be living in? Yes, uh, as well in those together with the youth. I think that's yeah. kind of where I'm thinking. Yes, you know we always close the show with a song because we we ran completely out of time. Yes. And what song would I should I play for you to close? You know, Mongezi, because it's Women's Month, and uh, I thought about Miriam Makeba, who was very passionate about Africa way back then when it was not fashionable. Fashionable. So I thought um, if you can play me a song by Miriam Makeba, uh, maybe Aluta Continua, because it's not the end yet. We still have to continue and build a better better continent. Yes. And the struggle continues indeed. When people want to connect with you, um, where do they find you? So I'm active on Facebook. Uh, if you search for Lindy Chabavu, you'll find me on Facebook and on LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on LinkedIn, you can search for Linde Elwakingwana Chabavu. You'll find me. Excellent. Uh, Lindelo, thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you so much for pro- uh, provoking us uh, very quietly. <laughs> to really pay attention and slow down yes. a little bit more. I thank, uh, you. thank you. And uh, for everyone that's listening, thank you for hanging out with us uh, as we chill to leadership. <laughs> I'm liking this more and more. And uh, we wrap up with the uh, Mama uh, Mama Africa. Yes. Continua until yes. we meet again. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Moniz.